Hi, my name is Marta and for the past 10 years I've been helping restaurant owners to successfully market their local business, tell their story online, reach more potential guests and make their hospitality business a bit easier to run. This is the next episode of the Restaurant Marketing Podcast and today's episode will be a little bit different than the ones that you might have heard before. Today will be a story about a restaurant owner, Helena, who runs a family-run traditional Greek restaurant. I met Helena in the first two weeks of the first wave of COVID-19 and I helped her move her traditional family-run restaurant into an online world. So uh, Helena was without any marketing strategy, barely on social media, and we moved her from the very traditional brick-and-mortal business into having a successful social media strategy and how we moved her into having full set, full blown and successful delivery service uh, run from her own restaurant, not only during COVID-19 and all of the restrictions, but also one that survived past the restrictions. And now she essentially has a business on very stable two legs, the one that is in-house restaurant, the brick and mortar, mortar business, and the one that is online. So listen up and let's roll the intro. Let me tell you a story about Helena. Uh, Helena is an owner of a traditional Greek restaurant located in an average mid-sized city in Germany. Uh, She and her dad have been running the the Paros, that's the name of the restaurant, uh, for the past... uh, Well, the restaurant's been on the market for the past 25 years. At first, it was Helena's mom and dad running the restaurant, But after her mom passed, she took over the business and dad is sort of just overlooking and making sure the standards are up to his scratch or up to his taste, to be honest. So a few years back, Helena took over the entire business and this is her sole, um, this this is her career. She she doesn't do anything beside this. She is 100% fully dedicated to running this business and... Um, ever since she took over, the business has been booming, the restaurants had uh, better results and she, she's been doing fi- financially better results and she, she's been doing fi- financially uh, well enough that uh, the business is supporting her and her two kids, which is great and, and she loves the contact with people. You know why we go into hospitality? This is exactly what Helena told me. She loves people. She enjoys food. She can't cook, as in she cooks for her kids and stuff, but she's not a chef. But she has a great um, sort of feeling when she hires someone. And uh, when she hires her chef, she tries to reach out to the local Greek community. She's known there. And every time she needs to hire someone, she tries to do it within the community. So every single staff member at the point where I met Helena, everyone there was Greek, which is amazing, right? Because it adds that extra sort of authenticity to the place and she she is in hospitality because she just loves everything around it she loves people she loves the cling of the glasses and cutlery and the buzz of a boozing restaurant when you know you've got guests over this is the best feeling ever and when um, I met Helena Paris was there for 25 years running and obviously the food was amazing her main guest was a loyal community of neighbors around, people who just uh, 
loved Greek food and enjoyed uh, the the ambience and the atmosphere there. And some of the guests have been coming there for years, knew her parents. She also had, for the past two and a half years, uh, nearby there's a new neighborhood created. So they they demolished some of the buildings and they um, someone just built a, a brand new um, neighborhood full of young families and singles. Uh, who would just choose this, especially this restaurant for your Saturday afternoon, Sunday evening for a family meal out and for a Friday night for drinks. Uh, her most famous dish and sort of like the best selling one that she was famous for was an octopus. Um, obviously not the cheapest of dishes, uh, but she still maintained a vibe of a casual sort of not very fast dining but casual dining uh, where you would have time to chat with your waiter but still wouldn't have to especially if you were coming for lunch or just a quick meal that was still available but if you wanted to just sit there and relax for the entire evening or entire afternoon with your family uh, Paros was still the place to be especially in your um, in that neighborhood what was amazing with Helena is that her marketing kind of in my world, didn't exist. In her world, she was just barely touching the bases. She still lived in the world, especially that, you know, everything she knew about hospitality was essentially from what her parents told her and some of the business school the courses, I think, that she went to. And marketing was also always important, but she just relied on word of mouth, right? The restaurant's been there for the past 25 years. Uh, uh, she had a loyal following of guests that would come and visit the restaurant on a frequent basis. So she didn't really need to either invest in invest money into advertising. The best which she did was when the new blocks came up and new people moved into the neighborhood, she went out and handled flyers with some, I think, free drinks coupons or something. But she never really measured how successful it was. Someone was coming for that free drink, but she never really tracked it. So her marketing was everything that she sort of did based on her intuition. This is 90% of restaurant owners that I meet, uh, especially those that I call solo restaurateurs. So someone who is running the restaurant by themselves, they obviously have managers and, and chefs and waiters and stuff, but the entire sort of delivery of the business is up to one person. And Helena never hired anyone for social media. Every picture, video or every single piece of content that was put out on her Facebook and Instagram page was done by herself and she would do it from time to time. The only thing that she was consistent on was posting her uh, daily specials, like a lunch special for the entire week on Monday morning. And her guests got used to it, sort of. So if someone wanted to know what's for lunch this week, they would go to Facebook page and there she would post either a picture or just a, a JPEG like a graphic design of of the menu so if someone wanted to know what's for lunch on either any day in a week they would go to her facebook page and there the menu was and there was just few posts of dishes now and then she didn't really have a fixed strategy right i think uh, she had uber eats uh, an online delivery service and you can paste any name into here it doesn't matter whether it was uber eats or glovo or bolt food or um, door dash anything uh, so she was using a third-party delivery um, option for I think over a year uh, so from 2018 
But she was on the platform and the restaurant started getting some reviews and sort of not really recognition, but um, Helena would get sometimes really busy on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon and they just couldn't cope with uh, getting guests in and having deliveries done. So they very occasion, like very often they would switch off Uber Eats just to prevent anyone uh, from ordering indoors high volume uh, times. So when there was market for her food in-house and uh, for delivery, she would just switch off the delivery side completely. So 100% of her focus, well, let's say 98% of her focus was on what was going on in-house in her restaurant. And bless her, every single guest was amazed by hospitality, by the food, by how authentic the place was. Someone came back from holidays from Greece and still thought Paro's food was better. Um, Reviews are raving about how amazing this place is, but still she's just maintaining like a local business status, right? No ambitions to override the city or to be the number one Greek place in, in the city. She just wanted to maintain what the status quo. She was happy with where the hair business was. So she never thought about having marketing strategy or social media content plan because she never needed one in her opinion. Uh, she was getting consistent guests in Bamsum seats. She never, never needed any extra help. And COVID-19 hit and the first lockdown came in and restrictions were um, placed upon her business so no one could visit her restaurant. Every single uh, piece of trade had to be done online, takeout and deliveries only. And this is where I meet Helena. So she comes in and she says that they've been doing, I think we met two weeks into first lockdown. Um, she had essentially no social media strategy, no marketing strategy. She was on Uber, which was really helpful because at that point where we are based and where Helena knew from her other restaurant friends that getting into Uber Eats at that point was a two-month wait list. Um, they just couldn't cope with restaurants signing up for their services. So it was a great um, start that she at least had that Uber Eats but it wasn't with the commission that they're taking um, and packaging that she needed to add to her food. Uh, it was simply not uh, worth it anymore. And she didn't want to raise prices because she felt like whoever knew her restaurant, if she now suddenly uh, lifted the prices by the cost of the package and include the commission in, uh, it was way too expensive, much more expensive than other restaurants in the area or other Greek restaurants. Uh, so... She decided that she had to keep her prices, which were really competitive uh, before, add the packaging cost and still pay the commission. So and, and with your food cost of items that were not your burgers and pizza, which are really food cost friendly, let's say, but something that was expensive to make. Uh, so all of the um, authentic Greek ingredients so your your Greek olives and feta cheese and halloumi these are not the the cheapest um, items on the menu so her prices needed to be competitive I meet Helena when we are around two weeks into first lockdown her sales are disappointing in terms of it barely um, it wasn't worth it so whatever so whatever delivery uh, she was doing uh, she was essentially just uh, like it was costing her more to keep a member of staff she ever she had everyone on standby in terms of her front of house team and most of the kitchen squad uh, I think she just uh, kept one or two chefs that were 
able to cope with whatever few deliveries and orders online that she had. Um, why I'm telling you this story? Because this is a story that later on repeated itself several times with my other clients. So um, after Helena reached out to me on Instagram, I then later signed up, I think, five clients that had a very similar story. So they thought that the word of mouth and just having amazing food, great service, decent location and uh, ambition to be a, just a great local place, amazing to be uh, a restaurant with um, great food and great ambience for the local community, uh, word of mouth was enough and that they never really had any need for a social media plan or a strategy or anything. They would always get guests. So now when COVID came in and you needed to move everything online, now is the time where I meet several different restaurateurs and Helena is a great example of them. So she, she turns to me and says, I need help. We need to do something really quickly because I'm bleeding cash right now. I don't know what to do. So I'm telling you this story and I want to make it uh, into a practical angle. So for you, my dear, dear audience member, um, if you're listening to this, um, this is the moment that you can pick up a pen and start noting things down because this is what we did with Helena. First, we established an online sale channel. So it was great that she had Uber Eats, but she barely had any pictures there. And the information about the dishes were misleading. The offer that she had there, so the menu that was available through Uber Eats wasn't really delivery oriented. She just literally uploaded the menu that she had in the restaurant and she decided that almost every single dish that she had on the menu that she would just now then cook, pack it into a, a carton box and send it with an Uber Eats driver. Mm, so the offer wasn't actually prepared for delivery. So what we did first was um, we signed up Helena for a website. So we created, she never really had a website before. Uh, her Facebook and Instagram was enough for her. So what we did, we created a very simple website for Paros, the restaurant, with a simple online ordering system. It's one that doesn't cost a lot of money. And Helena really at that point had she not that she didn't have any savings but she was very anxious about spending more money than she was making so she didn't really she didn't really want to make such an investment she wasn't really a believer at that point for that online sales she was just um for what i was getting from our conversation from the consulting calls that we did she just needed a way to survive lockdown which she didn't know how long it's going to last for but she never really believed that this was going to be it, that this is going to be a second leg of her business. So at that point, she didn't want to make a much a big investment into setting up an expensive online store or something that is very tailored or we just needed an out of the box, cheap, easy to implement system uh, that allowed Helena to actually start selling her her menu by herself without having to pay the commission to a third-party service. So um, we picked a business that was quite local to her, actually. So uh, there was a sales consultant that could come up and set it all up for Helena in terms of, you know, the technicalities of 
you know, if you order a sauce, it adds extra charge or the delivery areas that, you know, it was if it was closer, it was uh, less delivery charge and a bigger delivery charge if it was further down in the city, etc., etc. So we set it up. If you have any questions about setting your business, your restaurant business online, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and DM me and I'm happy to help with uh, just pointing you to the right direction of a service or a business that can help you set up your own website with a very simple online delivery service and it differs from uh, depending on the region of the world so we set her up with her own website which had a basic online delivery system while this was happening because obviously to create that website and set it up it was a few weeks in so we then focused on uh, while website was being built we focused on um, curating and sort of making sure that her offer is made for deliveries. So firstly, we crossed out all of the items that were high on food cost. And so the only one that we left that was on the expensive side for her and for her guest was the famous octopus dish. We didn't want to give this up, but I'm going to come back to that dish later. Um, so we narrowed the menu down. Um, she and her chef worked on a few items to make them a little bit more package friendly. So A, they would fit in a box that was cheaper for her to buy. And B, uh, they had to switch some of the items in terms of it wasn't really deep fried, that it was baked, so it could then be reheated in the oven. And we included the instructions for the guests how to reheat the dish uh, to make it as perfect as it would be at Paros when they were dining with them. Uh, we crossed out some of the items that were either too expensive for the guests uh, and undeliverable, so something that doesn't really, like a steak, um, or something that doesn't really travel well. Uh, and believe, <laughs> believe it or not, Helena did have those items on her Uber Eats menu for quite some time before we started working on this. So it was great to see that she and her team were actually very hands-on, on board with this whole, yes, we're going to do online well um, journey. And uh, so we decided that we worked on a menu that was short, sweet, still very in line with her brand. So with the authentic Greek family-run cuisine, but still was easy to deliver and easy to reheat at home to keep still the freshness and, and the taste and the amazing atmosphere that she was um, she was providing her guests with at Paros when they were dying in. And then second thing we did, we um, made an amazing social... We made a photo shoot. We organized... I, ask one of the local photographers to come in and because everyone was in lockdown um, we managed to get the price really uh, cheap and uh, to get it quite down and I think it was at the end it was a barter so he just took some of the meals for his home for him and, and wife and the kids uh, so um, Helena had to taken pictures for Uber Eats and for her website so why this is different than a social media photo shoot so we took a photographer who was a food photographer and he took pictures of the dishes both when they were laid out in a restaurant setting so on the plate with cutlery some glasses etc but also we took them in the boxes so when someone was looking through the website or going through Uber Eats they could actually see how this dish would look like when it, del it was delivered to them it makes a huge difference because everyone, when, you, they, when you're looking through Breeds, uh, you get 
or any other third-party delivery option or a website of a restaurant. The majority of pictures you see are dishes that are displayed beautifully on a plate, you know, with the sauce somewhere there or it has a great display and it looks amazing, but everyone knows this is not how you're getting it when it's delivered to your home. So what we wanted to do is to make sure that the pictures that we're putting on our website for deliveries and online ordering and for the third party options, that they were actual representation of what the guest is expecting and what they can expect to be then delivered um, to home. It's a simple log- it's a simple step and a simple trick that actually sells better online because they can see exactly what they're getting. They don't have to, they as in your guests don't have to imagine how it's going to look like and they don't feel disappointed when something comes in a box. They know exactly what they're getting and the sales increased from that. So then we uploaded pictures on Uber Eats and Uber Eats started to go better. Uh, Day by day, the sales would increase. And obviously at that point, uh, Helena was worried that the commission is actually eating most of her profit and most of her margins. So uh, we sat down and we crafted out a plan for her social media. So Uber Eats is going wellish, well, as in she's getting more and more orders through. But we wanted to make sure that once the website was ready to go and she could then divert the traffic from third parties to having her own website, we wanted to make sure that her guests actually knew where to order. So the social media plan included having few target groups. So I sat down with Helena and we decided that her target groups for Paros will be her neighborhood, so people living, actually living in uh, the sort of circa two kilometers around the restaurant. Uh, second group was foodies, so people who would, uh, previously come in and join her for her famous octopus. These were the people who were actually looking for a particular dish and were willing to travel to another neighborhood or another area in the city to actually taste something different and to try the Greek cuisine. So these are your foodies, your local people who actually enjoy going out in restaurants and eating new and trying new things out. So this was her second target groups. Um, And the third group that we chose for her business was the local Greek community because her food was absolutely authentic and 100% Greek with Greek ingredients and she never gave that up even when uh, you know the food cost and uh, commissions and all of the margins that it would pay it would be easier for her to just start buying cheaper cheese or uh, different sort of replacements for her authentic Greek ingredients but she never gave up on that quality so because of that uh, we decided that the third target group would be the Greek community to advertise that if you don't feel like cooking something that or you don't know how to cook because you know if you're in your um, early or late 20s early 30s you might not necessarily know how to cook the traditional dishes that your mom or grandma would cook so this was our third group uh, the target group so to target Greeks who don't really know how to cook their traditional dishes or Greeks that are just looking for something traditional and it was very particular that it was that local community that we wanted to target. So having those three groups in mind, we crafted a few different messaging, right? So if if you're advertising Greek food to a Greek, the message will be different than if you're advertising Greek food to someone who's never tried Greek food before. 
and you're trying to convince them to try this for the first time because how many times a week can you eat a burger or a pizza or a sushi? And see, this is a completely different messaging. So we sat down and we crafted out a plan and we we decided how many times a week will be Helena will be posting on Facebook, how many times uh, we will add content to Instagram, what will go on Facebook posts, on Instagram feed, Instagram stories. So this is what we call the content plan. So it's not the marketing strategy. This is the content plan. So we worked this out so it's as easy to implement by Helena and, and the team themselves and they didn't really need to spend um, any additional money on you know, social media gurus or any freelancer to actually do it for them. So I helped to create a content plan for them. So Helena knew exactly what she was doing. So rather than, hmm, I need to add something on Facebook because I haven't added for the past 10 days, she actually had a strict plan that she just needed to follow. Uh, we crafted out uh, a plan and added a budget for social media. So this is the only additional spend that Helena had to go through besides uh, setting up her own website adding a social media advertising budget is what actually pushed the needle over to, from barely making it or from uber eats deliveries that were literally just covering the cost of running the business so she wasn't earning anything she wasn't on plus she was just barely covering the minimum and this is what pushed the needle to having enough sales that she could then start uh, adding some profit to her business so we started with a small budget and this is the usual question people tend to ask first how much do I have to spend to actually see a result my usual answer with restaurants is that you need to start somewhere so if you haven't been spending anything zero dollars euros whatever currency you're working with starts with 50 a week or start with 100 a week so with Helena, because the budget was really, really tight, we started with 100 euros for two first weeks because it was and what was in the ads. So we were very specific with what we added into uh, the post. I have this method that I've over the last 10 years, I've worked out restaurants and I've tried and tested it, especially during pandemic. And I'm absolutely adamant that it works and it works every single time. And there is a formula to a post that actually converts to into a restaurant sale. So first you add a headline and the first two lines is a headline of order your Greek food here. Something along the lines, very similar, uh, very simple, very explanatory, explanatory. As in, uh, in the first two lines, you give the audience or someone who sees that post on Facebook or Instagram the exact sense of what this ad is about. It doesn't start with, hello lovelies, how is your day going? Have a lovely Monday. We are having a daily special today. No, 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 no. We go the other way around. We skip the pleasantries and we just go straight to the point saying, order authentic Greek food from Paros, the local restaurant. Um, I'm not giving you the exact copy. It was a little bit more sophisticated than that. But I, the first two lines is your headline. So you want to tell them, tell your audience what this post is about and what you want them to do with it. Then uh, the second portion of that post is a short paragraph or where you describe that one dish that you want to sell through that post. So in that particular post, uh, we added it was a halloumi burger. It was a, a, a vegetarian dish an alternative to a beef burger that was really, you know, it sells well, 
for deliveries and especially during pandemic it was an easy sell so we went yes we went for the low-hanging fruit but at that point we were you know scraping the bottom and we wanted to move the needle a little bit and move it quickly so we started with selling uh, a, a halloumi burger and uh, with authentic Greek sauce. Da, da, da. So uh, we added a short paragraph about what makes that halloumi burger special. And then a very clear call to action with a link to a direct site on Uber Eats first, later to her own restaurant where someone can order now. And you click through a link that directly goes to a, a place or a website where you can order that food. So this is what we did, right? So uh, Facebook and Instagram ads, uh, not a big budget. We started with 100 euros per week, but because after those two weeks, the online sales oh, exploded is a big word. Helena was very, very happy with the return on investment, just to be, um, just to be very uh, brief about this. So she, it was so good that she decided that we'll then start spending 100 euros per week for ads. And eventually, I think we reached a limit of 250 euros per week because the return on investment was so good. So for every euro, she was making five or six or eight, depending on the day. So it was still very much, it was definitely worth it. Mm, so besides taking a few pictures for the website and making sure that we took pictures of the food in its initial packaging so how the guests will be getting it establishing a new online sale channel so her own website where then after a few weeks so we uh, set up uber eats correctly so that we added pretty pictures we had a social media content plan so she started adding consistent pictures videos images uh, to her facebook and instagram so her following started to grow a little bit as well so once you for social media, it's always the same. So once you start posting more consistently and you add more content and more value to your social media channels, you get bigger following. So the more people came, the more people came to her channels, the more started to order because she was very consistent with adding order now, click here to buy that burger or that dish, or this is where you can go to have it delivered to your home. Um, so after that, we included a budget of 100 euros per week. And we then that on top of the new people coming to her channels because she started posting more it's because we added a budget and more people come in. So and that sort of goes in a circle, right? So you add more content, more people come in, you add a, a ad, more people come in and they see more content. So they're more immersed in your brand and maybe they came in from one ad because they wanted to add they wanted to buy a burger or that dish looked amazing and they clicked on it and clicked that they wanted to follow or like you on Facebook or Instagram and then they get these posts about how this is an authentic Greek cuisine the story of her what her mom used to do a video of her dad telling about some memories of this restaurant a few years back or from a dish that why it was included in the menu and how they changed it so we made sure that the whole story was actually started being told on her social media rather than just posting this is a daily special and a picture of the dish I encouraged her and her dad I actually had a very pleasant coaching call with her dad and I wanted to uh, to hmm, encourage him and um explain to him why it is important that he goes on video and that he starts telling his story online and it's um, I was very um, 
adamant that he needs to do this he's such a sweet man and that adds that authenticity and that uh, personality into her brand so uh, it actually made a, it was really clickable video when he was on uh, and uh, it's uh, that's that's what makes Paros different than all of the other Greek restaurants and all of the other restaurants not just Greek but all of the other local restaurants in the area so uh, we wanted to make sure that we added that so this is where we're at, right? Uber Eats is going really well to the point that we increased the budget almost th uh, threefold. Uh, and now we have a running website. So the guy that we um, we ordered the website from actually delivered. It was beautiful, really, really simple, nothing too complicated. What you need on your restaurant website to increase your online sales is the phone number, location and a form where you can order. You don't really need much more. Everything else can go through social media. People who go onto your website, they are just looking for very, very basic information, how they can reach you, where you are located, what's on your menu, how much it costs, and how they can order from you online. You don't need a fancy website for your restaurant. Let me tell you that after 10 years, and I think dozens and oh, maybe more, uh, tens of restaurant websites that I've built or licensed to build, um, um, I'm, I'm telling you, this is not a necessary option. So we launched a website with our own order service. Why it was so important is because every single sale that went through Helena's own website didn't have that 25% commission that she would later have to pay on the third party option. So that's the 30% that she had kept for herself. And the, the delivery charge that she added would cover the cost of a waiter that she actually asked if he could, rather than sitting at home and just being on standby, she asked two of her waiters to come in with, she bought one scooter, like a motorcycle, uh, and the other guy had actually had his own motorcycle. So we had two people on scooters delivering food for her through her own website. So they didn't really need Uber Eats or a third party option at that moment. So the only thing that was that needed to be done is move all of those actually doing better and better by day online sales through Uber Eats into your own website. And this is where we we were met with the first hurdle. People were ordering from Uber Eats, but were not really that eager to switch. And rather than using an app where it had their all card details saved, their location saved, and all the previous ordering and deliveries that they made saved on the app, they weren't as eager to jump in and order directly from Paros. They were still sticking to Uber Eats. So even though in all of the communication that we did for social media, all of your call to actions, link in bio, link on Facebook, uh, and all of our efforts went into actually having diverting guests into your own website, it was still, Uber Eats was still booming. The, the business was going well on there but the guests were not ordering from your own website. Um, there were several things that we, um, we tried. At the end, what was the problem was the fact that the website was loading on a mobile screen very, very slowly. So if someone saw an ad on Facebook and clicked on it, uh, it took a little bit over 10 seconds for the website to load. And that was way too long for 
the majority of people who are actually trying to book something or order online. And uh, they would either go to Uber Eats if they ordered from that restaurant before or just gave up entirely and uh, choose someone else, some someone else's offer, so some different restaurant. And so that little switch, uh, that um, improvement that we made to the website to make it load quicker on mobile screens made it made the difference. Uh, so eventually, we the only one thing that I also wanted to mention is that we printed out flyers for Paros. So for every single delivery that went through Uber Eats, we would add a flyer, a leaflet, with a QR code directing the guests directly to Helena's new, brand new website, which is really pretty. She was so proud of it. Uh, we directed traffic there with a coupon uh, for, I think, free delivery and a free dessert added to every Every, um, every order through the website rather than Uber Eats, which was still adding free delivery and a free dessert to every single order was over a certain amount. So I think it was over 25 euros or something. Uh, we added a dessert and a free delivery for everyone ordering through the website with a special code. First, uh, firstly, we knew how to measure it. So we knew exactly how many people came from those flyers because it was a particular code that people were using on the website. Secondly, um, it was just the cheapest way. So we were diverting people who would order from or Uber Eats, were happy with their order. They would then get um, an incentive to order. The next time they would order from us, don't choose and don't go to Uber Eats. Go to our own website. And after, I think, two and a half weeks, so maybe 10 days, uh, website sales started to pick up. And after another two weeks, they took over sales of Uber Eats um, in favor of the restaurant website. So we are, I think, three months in and from literally zero sales uh, with an investment of um, having a website built and um, 100 euros, then 200 euros uh, a week uh, investment into Facebook and Instagram ads to her particular set of target groups that we mapped out and a lot of more storytelling and content and quality um, put out onto social media. Uh, it resulted in not only having a restaurant that was able to survive the lockdown, but also Helena started uh, selling enough that she could have almost the entire team back um, in the kitchen first, obviously. And I think two people um, in-house to, to pick up the phone. So she was, after three months, she was able to take a weekend off, which was a big deal for her. I'm telling you this story, and it's obviously a lockdown story. And all of the restaurants around the world were, suffered uh, when COVID-19 hit. The irrelevant or where you are in the world, it was either shorter or longer or... Maybe you weren't, weren't completely locked down, but maybe you were just uh, restricted in some way. But every single restaurant in the world had their own story over lockdown. I'm telling you this um, because I want, we are in, I'm recording this and it's mid-2021. And uh, we are seeing, you know, depending on where you are in the world, uh, the pandemics either finishing or restarting or whatever you look at it we are in different and we're we're living in the weird times we don't know what's going to happen but what we know for sure is that everything moved into online so 
regardless of whether lockdown in your area was short or long, or even if it was there, because I think some of the regions of the world were spared that atrocity, your restaurant and your guests have changed. So some things that they were dragging their feet into online and they were not really convinced, everyone is online and doing things that we never thought that we would be completely we would be moving online are now online so look at your uh, e-commerce and everything that's happening online in terms of sales and deliveries your guests have moved online whether you want it or not obviously us in hospitality and restaurants We want our guests in-house. We want to see their beautiful faces. We want to talk to them face-to-face. We want to be able to serve their food at the table because it always tastes better, let's face it. But I encourage you to think about increasing your online sales and not giving it up regardless of what uh, the future few months will bring us. So regardless if you're thinking, oh, this is just... A temporary solution and we need to get into that online sales now because another lockdown is coming or you know autumn is coming and we need to prepare winter is coming like in game of thrones and you're just bracing yourselves and preparing your business for a worse time this is not the case online deliveries and online sales through restaurants is something that is here to stay and either you're going to jump on this wagon and maximize it to your business or you will be left behind. Every single restaurant, especially if you are in fast dining, fast casual, casual dining, uh, this is the sector that is um, very much so susceptible to moving into online. If you're a cocktail bar, a coffee shop, or a fine dining restaurant, there are still ways that you can transfer your brand into, maybe you won't be selling and delivering coffee to your guests, or maybe you won't be delivering drinks although I have seen cocktail bars doing pre-mixes and selling it online during pandemic which is cool uh, think about the creative ways of moving your restaurant business or your hospitality business into online and I'm not saying this because you know I'm negative and I think when I see pandemic everywhere no I'm far 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 from that I'm very optimistic about everything that's happening in the future but think of it as a second leg of your business so you focus rather than focusing 98% on in-house business and having that 2% of you know maybe a distraction of having a third-party delivery option or maybe having your own online delivery service but not really paying attention to it and if someone orders is more of a, a buzzkill or more of a problem than actually a business uh, so I encourage you rather than to think about your online ordering service or delivery or, or, delivery or takeout in that way 98 to 2 percent I encourage you to start thinking maybe start doing 70 30 percent first and if the delivery and online service is going well maybe do 60 40 uh, maybe organize your kitchen in a different way so you can serve some things online to your guests even at the busiest times what I'm saying is The transition that we made in 2019 and 2020 from offline into online is here to stay. And in order for you to increase your online sales for restaurants, you need to have a strict system in place. So where your guests are ordering from, 
you need to tell them this. Believe me when I tell you this, that your guests don't know how to spend money with you online. They don't, if you don't tell them. So if you assume that they know that they can go to your website and click there, they don't. Uh, the, the social media noise is so large that they probably forget. Even if you've posted something a week ago or two weeks ago, that they can go onto your website and, uh, and order online. It's still not enough. Make sure that you have a consistent plan in place of how your guests are going to order or from you, book your table online and measure whatever you're putting out there. So have even a small budget for your social media advertising reserved for online sales and online bookings and make it very clear. So uh, when you're posting a Facebook post, an Instagram post or adding Instagram stories, make sure you have a purpose in your head when you're adding this. Make sure you remember uh, why you do this and why you're doing this is to increase online sales and how to increase online sales by actually having an online sales system. Have a website, have a plan of content, when, how often and what you're going to post to divert your traffic from social media to your channels where you're selling and make sure you have an offer that actually delivers and drives well, so travels well. So don't put everything that you have on, on your menu uh, onto your delivery and takeout options. Uh, definitely experiment and try and test it. Um, order from your own restaurants to your home and see how it travels and eat it 40 minutes after it's been cooked and packaged for you and see if it's still tasty. If it is, brilliant. If not, work until it's well and uh, still tasty. It can be uh, it might be that you need just to send out ingredients and an instruction of how to cook it at home. The restaurants have been really creative about this. What I, This um, episode is about increasing your online sales for a restaurant. And my few tips uh, to finish this off is to make sure you have an online system. You know when and where you're selling. Have a social media plan to make sure that you inform your guests of how they can actually order from you and make the whole system and the whole process of from seeing a post online on Facebook and Instagram to ordering online to make that process simple and as seamless as possible. And third, have a little bit of an advertising budget for Facebook and Instagram. I'm sorry to tell you this, but it, is, it just looks like it is free, Facebook and Instagram. Unfortunately, you either pay with your time and you spend time to interact with your audience, to reach out to other people and spend a lot of time creating new content, quality content, or you go, you take a shortcut and you pay for your uh, post to be uh, displayed and reach a number of guests that wouldn't normally see it with an organic reach. It doesn't have to be a large budget, but just start small and see what the return on investment is there. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the very end of this episode. My name is Marta and this is Restaurant Marketing Podcast. Definitely go to Instagram and follow me on Restaurant Marketing Podcast there. Um, my profile picture is yellow. You can't miss it. On my Instagram, I try to be as coherent, as, as um, consistent as possible uh, to post new um, advice and tips and tricks on how to use your social media to leverage your restaurant position online. And I hope that this was helpful. If so, please DM me on Instagram. Tell me that you listened. Uh, I, I'm just starting with this whole pro, uh, podcast thing and I'd love to see that there's someone listening to the end of the episode. Um, thank you very much for listening and I'll hope to see you on Instagram soon. Cheers.
So, let me tell you a story about Helena and her traditional Greek restaurant located in an average city, average mid-sized city in Germany. And why I chose to tell you Helena's story, not all of the other or any of the other uh, restaurant owners that I've worked with over the last few years. Mm, I've been in the marketing restaurant business for the past 10 years, but obviously the game changed and in 2019. Everything that we knew was put to the test and every single strategy and technique and trick and everything that I've been doing for the past eight years is uh, let me tell you a story about Helena. Uh, Helena is an owner of a traditional Greek restaurant located in an average mid-sized city in Germany. Uh, she and her dad have been running the, the Paros, that's the name of the restaurant, uh, for the past, uh, well, the restaurant's been on the market for the past 25 years. At first, it was Helena's mom and dad running the restaurant. But after her mom passed, she took over the business and dad is sort of just overlooking and making sure the standards are up to his scratch or up to his taste, to be honest. So a few years back, Helena took over the entire business and this is her uh, 